Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. Scott Wright, or T.S. Wright, as he's known by, is the author and presenter of the God-Centered Concept Series. Now, this series is focused on connecting to God through discipleship, and he does this by helping us understand the processes that God's Word readily gives us in order to draw closer to Him. He's also published a journal uh, called the God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways. But Scott has a goal of launching this series on a large scale, reaching churches and organizations with this curriculum that will change their churches from simple institutions into a movement. Amen. He's also a podcaster, has a truly great podcast called The God-Centered Concept as well. And you really need to listen to this and subscribe to the podcast because it's amazing. But he's also a huge student of end time scenarios dealing with the book of Revelation, the end of days, the seven ages of the church. And I've asked him to come on the program today as we're going to begin a series of interviews discussing the church ages and their relevance to today. Today, we're going to focus on Revelations chapter two, verses one through seven, which is the early church age and the letter in which John wrote to the church of Ephesus. Help me welcome to the program, Thomas Scott Wright, or T.S. Wright. Scott, it is such a blessing to have you back on the program today. Thank you, uh, Bob, and I appreciate being back on. This is, uh, you know, after we discussed this, and we obviously have talked on my uh, about my podcast on another separate uh, interview, this has been something that I have been working on for quite a while and did a lot of research on, and so... And, and, and a lot of what I'm going to present today isn't really about what's going to happen after the ages of the church. What I'm going to be talking about is the actual ages of the church. Amen. So there's a lot of historical reference. There's a easier to research, obviously. And I always feel like there's a lot of gurus out there about with people who are studying what's going to happen after all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. Amen. You were on the Kingdom Crossroads, Kingdom Crossroads podcast before. But for our listening audience who may not have heard your earlier interview there, can you tell us in your own words, who is T.S. Wright? Well, obviously, I'm a guy that uh, decided that he wanted to um, start speaking the word of God. And back in 1992, when I accepted Christ, I was uh, through a campus ministry. I was actually trained by a campus ministry for about three years while I was a student in college. Um and so discipleship became the heart of everything I understood. And I, was, and I, at that time, thought that's what all churches were like. And I didn't realize that that's not necessarily the case. And so um, as I've learned discipleship and have been able to work through that process with a number of people through the years through different organizations, um, back in 2003, the Lord kind of gave me a vision. And quite honestly, I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't even understand it at the time and just wrote it down, started journaling. And it really wasn't until 2016 that any of this started to become coming to fruition. And then I 
started writing manuscripts really is what they were at the time. And eventually I'm going to turn those into books. Um, and then as this year started rolling around in 2023, I felt the Lord press on my heart that he wanted me to start speaking out and kind of gave me a date of when that was going to happen. And we launched uh, middle of April. Amen. Amen. And how did you become interested in such an ardent student of the end times and the ages of the church as depicted in the Bible? Well, to be honest with you, I've, I've studied that for a long time. Um, and I've listened to a lot of different speakers. I've read books and everything else, but something that I was really led to look at was the seven ages of the church. And there's so many people that talk about what happens afterwards and there's so much detailed information out there. There's a lot of good material. We don't have to, I mean, we could, there's probably 50 people that have all kinds of very, very definitive and very specific information that we can look at. But I didn't see a lot on the seven ages of the church and the Lord just impressed upon me to, to start studying those ages. And there was reasons for it. And it wasn't just to understand end time prophecy, but one of my foundational processes that the Lord showed me was actually in the seventh age of the church that Jesus spoke when speaking to John. And of course, John or his recorder, he probably had a recorder writing that stuff down, um, which most of those guys did when they would speak. Um, and that was kind of a way people made living back then anyway. As somebody's writing this down, if you really read Revelation 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, it's a process. Yeah, Jesus is layering out a pro laying out a process, and he's given us layers to understand how to connect to him and then eventually Amen. connect to God. Amen. So, and that's kind of what that's what started all of this. Right. Set the scene here for us now. Jesus has been crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, ascended to heaven. Then the disciples form the first church. They go forth to spread the gospel. And over the course of time, they all die off except John, who's now exiled on Potmos, where he receives this direct revealing from Jesus himself. And he's instructed to write the seven letters to the seven churches. So you take it from there. Fill us in on what you've discovered. Okay. So interestingly enough, the early, the early church is the way that I have seen it. And, and there's a lot of speculation about this, so I'm not going to, um, I can't say anything definitive on dating, but I believe that the church started its movement when Peter received the Acts 10 vision. And so if you go back and read Acts chapter 10, which we don't have time on this interview to right. read through all this and go in crazy details at this point, yeah. that vision was the start of the church. Because yeah. if you think about it, everything from that point forward is progressing towards the Gentiles. And there's this time of the Gentiles that is preset. And that's really what the ages of the church is all about. And, and so there are one of the ages of the church includes the Jews, which is the first age of the church. Um, and so we'll, you know, I can work through that with some people with you and show you how that started and how that ended. But Peter's vision is really the kickoff. And most likely that happens somewhere and again, there's different speculations of dates on this, most likely somewhere between about 36 and 39 AD. Yeah, Acts 10, 38 is one of my favorite passages to preach on. Yes. Uh, that's, that is, that's like a, a 
a foundation stone, one of my foundation stones that, you know, exactly. Uh, I can, oh yeah, that's one of my favorites, but you know. And I want to, Hey, can I just yeah, interject one other thing? Yep. And that is most likely about the time when Paul finished what would have been considered. And if you, if you read through some of the different explanations, if you go into Galatians, it kind of explains this is that Paul was probably finishing what you would kind of consider his training. Mm. Kind of his training time, so to speak, as he's, you know, obviously he's trying to figure out what is it God has him to do. And he's got to learn a lot of things and probably really understand how to work with the Holy Spirit. That takes time. People yeah. think that the Holy Spirit just comes in you and you just start speaking and it's all good and it's all going to go. That's not the case. There's discipline to walking in the Holy Spirit. Again, something else I will be talking about in the God Center concept, actually how to train to do that. Yeah. Amen. So Peter receives a vision. Then what? So after that, then it's just a series of events. It's they start spreading the gospel throughout the Gentiles. Obviously, we you can read through the book of Acts and probably the best place to start is Acts. And you'll see an entire series of events. Most of it follows Paul. Luke was a big companion of Paul. Luke's the one that wrote the book of Acts. You could almost line up the gospel, Luke and Acts, and just put them as one book. Um, yeah. The church decided to separate it, but it's all basically the same writing. And you follow that through. The one thing that I would tell you, if you do that, read the book of Acts, look for this statement, filled with the spirit. Yeah. Amen. You know, it just, just look at how many times that appears. Because what I'm guessing is during that time of training with Paul that Paul went through, he really started to learn the power of the Holy Spirit. And, it, and, and I think that plays out in Acts. Luke wrote Acts most likely according to what Paul was showing him and telling him and explaining to him. Because Luke's kind of a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a historian. And this guy's extremely well-educated, probably writing most of this, if not all of it himself and layering out that early part of the church. And so what will happen is, is eventually we'll get to all kinds of persecutions that will eventually occur. The Romans will ransack Jerusalem, destroy the temple, just as Jesus had told them would happen. Most likely that happened between August 5th and August 10th of 70 AD. There has been a little bit of information that I have read that it might have happened in 68 AD, but most most experts and scholars think it happened in that time period of 70 AD. And then the Israelites start to scatter. The nation starts to break apart. And then what happens is, is there's this whole Roman Jewish war. And I believe this is a part of the early church. And here's why. Because the first movement of the church is really trying to be destroyed by the Jewish leaders. Even though the Romans are involved in this, it's not, it's not at the level. They're just doing it to try to keep the peace most of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, you know, obviously Nero and the burning of the Christians and all that was a whole different thing. He used them to blame them on the great fire and all this stuff. But the big thing is this, and I believe this is the key, is that that age of the church ends when the Jewish, last Jewish revolt is put down. Because what that did is that removed the Jewish influence of trying to destroy the church. It ended it. It didn't, it didn't end the Roman influence to destroy the church, but it did end the Jewish one. And that will end in about 136 AD 
All right. And I have a, I've got a chart and a timeline that I have uh, developed, but there's this emperor, his name is Hadrian. Okay. He's a Roman emperor and he actually dies in 138 AD. Okay. And, and to me it, about that time period is the switch over from the first church to the second church is when the last Jewish revolt is put down. And now they no longer have any type of influence over Christianity. The, the Jewish, basically the Jewish influence is gone for the time being. And now we switch over to the second age of the church. Hadrian dies and then a whole new thing begins. Okay. So from the destruction of the temple in 70 AD and the scattering of the Jews, basically the nation of Israel is no more. And if I'm understanding you correctly, Israel's not even referred to after this time, right? Nope. And so what happens is, is, you know, it, the whole nation of Israel didn't disintegrate after the destruction of the temple, but it happens over that period of time. And by the time we get to 136 AD, it's gone. Wow. It's been, okay. it's been eradicated. And why is this an important point for us to consider in this discussion? The reason it is, is because the Jewish influence to remove Christianity is, is gone. It's completely gone. There's, you know, they're, they're running for their lives. Um, they're trying to escape persecution themselves. And the Romans have had enough of the Jews is basically there. That's the Roman mentality of that time. And the Jews scatter out all over the place in Europe and they're no longer a nation. They no longer have the influence. Many of them have to go into hiding. They, they can survive in Europe. But they have to, you know, they basically have to live a very settled and a very quiet lifestyle. So their voice is, it's really about their voice. Their voice is gone. Amen. What unique identifiers are applied to the early church or the first church age as you refer to it? Well, I think the first thing is, is this is where we get all the writings that we considered part of the New Testament. Mm. So if you fast forward... And we, we go into the 300s. By that point in the 300s, when you know we have the Edict of Milan and Emperor Constantine sees the vision, and now Christianity is starting to be accepted. It's not fully accepted, but it is much more. And so a lot of the persecutions start to die down after he releases this because they win the battle. You, know, you can read about all that. I don't want to get too tedious with that kind of detail. But what happens is, it's through this period of time, and even before that, the church had been arguing about what is the New Testament. And they didn't really call it the New Testament. They just, what are the sacred writings? What should we be reading to congregations? What should we be telling our followers? Eventually, there's this guy named Athanasius, and he's not the first guy to, to say this, but he's kind of his voice is the one that eventually is the one they listen to. He writes a letter in the 360s called a festal letter. And he basically states that there are 27 sacred writings and that's what forms the new Testament. So why is that important to the first age of the church? Because it's those writings from that age. All those writings are from that age. And those writings give us a sense and an anchor to our faith. I think that is the most important concept in this is that God did not allow the Jewish influence of old to stall out the, his movement and that was Amen. to move and to develop the faith through Christ. 
He did not let that be stamped out. So the first thing that happens is, is God's hands like, you're not going to follow me. This is what's going to happen to you. And then it does happen. Jesus spoke this stuff. I mean, you can go through, read prophecies. I mean, he basically, he said, it's my way or the highway. I mean, if you really read what Jesus was saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a pretty strong statement. Yeah. You know, if you want to evangelize on that statement, you can say it this way. Jesus called himself the Son of God. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And guess what? He does not leave you any other option to think about him other than he's a liar, a lunatic, or exactly what he claimed to be, and that was the Son yeah. of God. Amen. Well, when he said those things, he's also saying that the ways that you accept through tradition, all right, and what was given to you through the law of Moses has not worked. It's going to be done now through me. Amen. Amen. And you can embrace that. Or you're going to answer to God for it. And they had to answer to God for it. They were held accountable to that. In our previous interview on the KCR podcast, you shared a little bit about your biblical timeline study that you're preparing. How does this relate to the church ages? And, and share with us a little bit about this timeline. So and I, I've developed this timeline. It took me about eight months. I'm just trying to think back when exactly when it started and when I stopped uh, writing it. it, it took me about eight months and it was just, I, I love history anyway. It was just me going back and studying not only the age of the church, but what was going on across the, the globe at that time. You know, who were the powers to be, you know, who were the controlling interests of that time? So when you look at it in that early age of the church, it was in that area of the world, it was the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, and it was obviously the Roman government. And eventually that comes to a collision course. And the first age of the church is defined by the spreading of the gospel. These writings that we now call the New Testament, the, the, the original apostles who are the ones that are the disciples of Jesus, if you want to think of them that way, um, they're the ones spreading the word of God. And this all happens in that time period. And it, that time period lasts for about 100 years. Because in one, if you think about it, Peter receives a vision somewhere probably between 30, 36 and 39 AD. Well, this age of the church ends around 138 AD when the Emperor Hadrian dies. And of course, the Jewish revolt, the last year's revolt have been put down and their influence completely removed. Amen. Amen. Does this have anything to do with the biblical processes that you shared with us before? Well, to some degree, yes. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22, if you listen to my podcast, I already share the process that's embedded in that in, in what Jesus is sharing. So that one's already in there. Um, I have read through, obviously, all seven ages of the church, and, and, ran, and there's connections and things. But that particular section, that particular passage, so to speak, is the one where Jesus is really laying out exactly how you connect with him. I mean, when you think about it, this is a message to a 2,000-year church. And he embeds a message at the end saying, if you want to connect with me, this is how you do it. Amen. Amen. I mean, he it, right there in eschatology, because for that time, it would have been prophetic, these seven ages of the church. He is embedding a message of not only hope, but also connection. Connection yeah. to him, because he is the way, the truth, and life. If you read 
if you read in verse 15, he calls himself the amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. Those are some pretty strong claims. Amen. Yep. Amen. And these are applicable to today's church that's in the world Absolutely. right now, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, is if you read through the seven ages of the church, you can actually, you can see certain issues that are being spoke about. All those issues still exist. Mm-hmm. You know, some churches may reflect some of the things that go on in another age of the church. Um so that's something you can you can take a look at. I would say most of the westernized church reflects Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 through 22. Yeah. And yeah. and some people call that the lukewarm church, but I'm going to tell you that if you really understand being lukewarm is also being deceived. It's deception. It is because if you're lukewarm, you're not abiding in the whole thing. You're not you're not embracing all of the truth. Yeah. And, and what does God say? What does your, excuse me, Jesus say here in this particular instance? He said, it's basically, he goes, it doesn't taste good and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And you're in the process of writing all this down on a book, creating a book on this topic, right? Yes. Eventually I will have a book. I've got four books in the, in the works right now. And then this one I will write later and it will be my fifth book. Man, any idea when it'll be available for publication? Uh, That one, my goal is to have that one to release somewhere in the last half of 2024. I've still got a, I've still got four other books to finish first, and so we're, yeah, it's a sprint to get all of those done. (laughs) I've got the the first manuscript, the first two manuscripts are done. The third one is being written out now, and I have a lot of the information already done, but I got to organize it. Then there'll be the fourth one, and then this one will be the fifth one. Amen. Amen. Scott, this has been so interesting. I can hardly wait to get back on for the next part uh, when we'll be discussing what? The second church age? Yes. Yeah, we'll get on to the second church age. I'm going to tell you the one that I think will really awaken people to all of this is when we talk about the fourth. Amen. So keep we following the foundation first. got to lay the foundation. Build exactly. Way. When we get to that fourth one, you're going to be like eyes wide open after that. Praise God. Because it is what opened my eyes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and from talking with you offline on this stuff, I know. I know. <laughs> That's why I wanted to get you on here. Praise God. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Uh, they can go. I've got an email and it's okay. GCC God Centered Concept 2038 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. And I want to make mention of your latest book, The God Center Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways. How can someone obtain a copy of this? Is it on Amazon? It is on Amazon. They can they can hook they can just log right in and get hooked up with a book pretty quick by just punching in God Centered Concept Journal and then just put my initials TS and then of course write like W-R-I-G-H-T. It should pop right up. Amen. I'll put links all this in the show notes below as well. Folks. And I will tell you, I do list some of this stuff. It's on my uh, uh, my website that I have that lists all my episodes as well. There's Here's links the to all that stuff. Yes. Uh, the website is on Captivate. Yes. That's my Captivate website. The podcast. The podcast. Okay. That is correct. God Center Concept. I'll put that link down below as well. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Folks, you know, I've been sharing for a while that we are living in the last of the last days. T.S. Wright has studied this out in depth. He is coming on this program to give you an understanding of the seven ages of the church as they relate to the biblical timeline, as we've been discussing, and how this age we are in right now is the last age before the return of Jesus. Yes, I know you've heard all that before. But what he's sharing with us is that the timeline of this church age is about to end very soon. Amen. And we're going to get into that the farther we go along with this. So you need to drop down below, get in touch with TS, right? Listen to, subscribe to his podcast. Be sure to click the links below, order his book, God Center Concept Journal. And, and let's start studying this together because I, if every person would share this with one other, we could just exponentially increase the body of Christ for these end times. Praise God. Scott, it's been great talking to you again. I can hardly wait to get you back on for the next interview, man. This is great stuff. This is, this is like for me, because you know I'm all about the end times and, and all that. And understanding this stuff, it's like throwing a bone to a hungry dog right now. I'll tell you, uh, this, this is great stuff. So I can hardly wait to get you back on next time, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Bob, and it was great to be on here, and I look forward to visiting with you again. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. T.S. Wright, myself, is passed about reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.